Cincinnati. Welcome to the jungle! going on welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trunapal and as always i'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the afc north champs jackpot joey burrow and the cincinnati Bengals. now do me a favor if you found the show hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up i'm up to 1505 subscribers that is awesome. So if you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on Twitter and you haven't subscribed to my channel yet, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Please go to the YouTube channel Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you like to support what I'm doing or you just want to make sure that your comment gets read, please give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always... I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. What's up to everybody in the chat? Aquil, 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 I always say it wrong. Aquil or Aquil, Royal Fresh Terry, Chris Haas, since uh, I bingo, you're in there. What's going on, Kip? What's up, buddy? How you guys doing today? How you doing? Nice to see you. Uh, let's see. I get a question here from. Uh, let's see. Do you do you know what's going on with the Cincinnati Reds yet? Um, I, as far as I know, uh, Major Baseball has been talking with the Players Association since like one o'clock in the afternoon, and they're still talking. So hopefully, we'll have some good news, and we might have some baseball after. After all, uh, tomorrow on the show, I'll have some more information for you because I got Bobby Nightingale from the Cincinnati Inquirer, who's going to be on here, and he will give us the latest on the lockout and what is going on. So that will be 
tomorrow's show. Natty, what's going on? Crown or Crip, sorry. Crip people. What's up, guys? All right, guys. So, as you know, for most of my loyal listeners, we know you have Kieran, the guy who has the Boston accent. Well, he's from the Full 10 Yards podcast, and they do other podcasts on there. They have a college podcast as well. So, I have Lee Wakefield, who is one of the draft experts, and he is uh, we do a, a deep dive into linebackers of the draft coming out. We also talk about, of course, talk about the Bengals, the offensive line, and all of that cool stuff. So I want to get to this interview. It is recorded. So if you guys, I'll be in the chat. So if you guys want to talk to me during the chat, I'll be typing stuff in, and I'll come on after the uh, interview is over. But let's get to Lee right now. Hey, guys, what's going on? We've got a very special guest today. He's another guy that sounds like he's from Boston. If you ever watch uh, uh, Kieran, who comes on my show, we always make fun of because, you know, somebody asked him one time if he's from Boston. Anyway, so it's just a running joke. But we got Lee Wakefield from Across the Pond coming on, also from the Full 10 Yards podcast. He is a draft expert on linebackers and all things draft. Let's get to Lee. Lee, what's going on, my man? Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good brother, good brother. She had, see, you got that that Boston accent, you know. So, everybody, everybody <laughs> from, from there. But uh, so, just uh, just give everybody a little uh, background about yourself if they have if they don't know who you are. To inform the inform the viewers, please. So, I am Lee Wakefield. I write, and you can see all my work over at Full Ten Yards, which is a UK based site, and we cover everything American football. So, we cover NFL, college football, the draft. Our local kind of, you know, UK league as well called Britball. Bit of betting, bit of fantasy as well. We do the absolute works. You'll find me over on the college side of things. I've run things over there with my man Kieran, as you've uh, obviously introduced him many times before now. Um, he's bringing the energy. I like to think I'm the kind of sensible side of the things over there. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, yeah, I, I like to think of myself as a bit of a draft expert, as you as you kind of introduced me very kindly. Um, been studying the draft for, yeah, about seven, six, seven years now. And uh, yeah, a little bit of a speciality in the pass rushing department. So I'm here to talk about that today. Exactly. So let's let's get to it. And and I'll, I'll just bring up. Uh, I got PFFs here. Uh, their top, their big board. But you just roll on through uh, your big board of how you have the the edge and what do you have them ranked at. And I can try to scroll through them and bring them up here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't know if he, this is becoming a bit of a contrarian take with the uh, the way that his stock seems to be on the slide a little bit. But I think it's a bit of a a media myth, but I've got KT, I've got Kayvon Thibodeau as my as my number one guy. There you go. All right. Um, I To be honest, I mean, I know you started off with Hutchinson there, who PFF had as their number one guy. I don't have a great deal between them, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Right. Um, on my scale, it's out of 100, so KT is, is 91.7. And uh, just a point or so behind him, Aiden Hutchinson, 90.3. They're my first round grades that I've got for this edge class so far. Um, like I said, there's not much difference between them in terms of like their ranking and things like that, in terms of their overall score in my system, but they're different players, right? They're really right. different players. Like KT is really twitched up, kind of your kind of long, lean, twitchy guy who, you know, he's going to beat you with athleticism um, left, right and centre. You know, he's, he's done it for a couple of years. Um, he's been kind of slated as, as my number one uh, edge rusher for quite a while, and he's just about held off Aiden Hutchinson, who... I watched last summer and I really liked him, but I didn't see the absolute explosion that he had this year in Michigan. And I, you know, I'm not a not a huge Michigan Wolverines fan. I'll have you know. So ne I, neither am I, sir. Neither am I. So yeah, I'm, I didn't I'm with think, you on I that. Thought I'd be, I'd be in a safe space to say that. To be fair, <laughs> you're, um, so, you're safe here. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I I didn't expect this um, from him and Ojabo as well, who obviously in the UK we are we are um, kind of holding us our own loosely. I think. Who I have down at, at kind of like equal kind of fourth ranking, but yeah, these two are my, my two guys who I, I definitely have kind of together. Hutchinson's obviously kind of your big end, uh, he's going to beat you with strength and power, whereas Hutchinson, uh, sorry, Thibodeau's more of your speed, uh, speed to power guy. Um, but yeah, no, they, I, I love both these guys, I think they can both win in the NFL on a regular, regular basis, uh, just probably just doing slightly different roles. Um, I think Thibodeau's got a bit more scheme versatility, whereas you're going to have Hutchinson with his hand in the dirt, I think, in the NFL playing as a defensive end rather than a stand-up pass rusher, which I think Thibodeau's kind of can do both. Right, right, right. So so you got those two as your, as your one-two. Where's the rest of the uh, – uh, let's just go with your top five, I guess, if you got that. Okay, so actually I've got maybe a little bit of a, a controversial one. I absolutely love Jermaine Johnson out of 
FSU, and you might have to scroll down a little bit far because I don't think I've seen him when you can scroll <laughs> through PFF. Heart. There he is. Um, I just this guy. I just I wasn't expecting fireworks when mm-hmm. I when I got the tape on, but I found it. I just think that this guy he really just explodes, and he's a bit like you know I don't want to say a KT like a, a Thibodeau light, but he really does kind of do the same sort of things. You know, wins with speed. He's got great hands. Um, I think that he is a real, real good edge rusher. And he's kind of bet on himself. You know, he's got the great story. Came from, you know, Last Chance You. I think he was in the second or third series of that. Mm-hmm. And obviously then went to Georgia, backed himself again to move again. And obviously through the transfer portal, that's a whole other can of worms. I'm sure we'll have another podcast on at some point. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. you know, he's had an absolute explosion again. I just think with the way that he's kind of progressed through, I just think the ceiling is just all the way up in the sky for him. And you know he can just he can just go on another level in the NFL and just win win again. And I think I see his draft up kind of climbing a lot. I mean, I think I'm ahead of a lot of people having him as edge three right now. Right. But I think once the combine comes along in, in the next yeah. week or so, and we see him absolutely blow doors off everything, I think he's going to be in um, everyone's hearts and minds right up there as well. The same place that I have him, if not you know ahead. Yeah, the combine comes up. It changes a lot of things. And and Kieran <laughs> Kieran was already on here. Friday said he thinks the combine is stupid, which I mean, <laughs> I, I I am to the point where I I I think you use parts of the combine, but you mm-hmm. got to use most of, of game tape. I mean, for what guys do in shorts and t-shirts. I mean, I, I'm a geek when it comes to stuff. I love watching it. I'll, I'll probably watch every freaking hour of it that I can when it's on uh, the NFL Network, unless uh, hopefully they'll let me go. But I don't know if I can I can go because that's only like two hours from here. To mm-hmm. go there. So I would hope to go to go there but that that's that's the thing these things are all going to change too once once the combine uh hits too yeah absolutely and you know it, it just shows you i mean like sam in fact let me back up a little second i kind of agree a little bit i mean there's only so much you can kind of show with shorts and t-shirts on like you say underwear olympics right. and everything that we talk about but it does give these chance a chance for these guys and the senior ball is pretty similar in, in the mm-hmm. fact that it gives guys who haven't been on the radar all right. year to mm-hmm. kind of show out the senior ball did that uh, for for a few of these guys, and I think you know the Underwear Olympics does it again in a, you know a few weeks after. I think yeah, yeah Johnson. The, the Senior Bowl really helped out the Bengals because I mean they they uh, they were the coaches there not last year but but the year before that, and mm-hmm. they, they drafted a lot of guys from that Senior Bowl. So I know that that as far as the draft goes for and scouting for the Bengals, I know the Senior Bowl helped them out a ton. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean I'm a Chargers fan, and we and Tom Tesco draft from the Senior Bowl quite heavily. Mm-hmm. He loves the, the kind of more experienced guys. He loves to kind of get the Senior Bowl stars in there, and yeah, it's, it's a huge tool. And obviously, um, you know, you're getting a a more ready-made product. I would say, and I think it's more, much more less, much less. Well, if you, if you got a guy, it. yeah, if you got a guy who's played all four years in, in college, mm. yeah, they're they're gonna be as polished as as. They're, they're they can get i am in my opinion i mean um yes yeah. if you get you know a junior coming out and he's already ready then yes obviously he's ready he's just more talented and he's ready to go but yeah the senior guys you get the more mature guys too is that's that's yeah. another thing that i like about it you don't have have to deal with most time i'll say i won't say every time but most time you have to deal with all the <laughs> immaturity of some of these other players that, that are, are coming out because a lot of guys that are seniors they've had to work their butt off to to you know to get there because if you're a really good nfl uh player or i mean nfl uh um star you're gonna come out early you know and you had a lot of stuff given to you and well you know but if you had to work your butt off to go all four years i i just i like those guys i don't say better i just think it that you get a more mature uh put together package than you do with with younger guys yeah i tend to agree and it's almost like you get to vet them twice because obviously the teams have that little say so in terms of which guys go to the senior bowl right mm-hmm. not wholly of course but they get right. you know a little input the senior ball guys, you know, head up by Jim Nagy and people like that, they, you know, vet them, make sure that, they, you know, and they, they sell those guys a lot as well. You know, they put on a great show and they right. they do put them in the shop window. And then obviously you get the same at the combine when the teams get to meet them and obviously the, the, pre, the pre-draft meetings that the teams will have with them. So you get that second vetting. So, yeah, like you say, it's it's all about risk management, right, the draft, because right. you don't want to draft someone who's not going to be in the league in a couple of years' time because he's not mature enough, like you say. Exactly. Or they're not a good enough player. So as much, um, you know, as much kind of, screen time almost as it will be nowadays obviously zoom on things like that right um it's, it's going to lower that risk management for those teams and hopefully you get a better idea of what a player is going to be like how you're going to be able to use them and things like that and how they fit the culture of your team not only how they fit the x's and o's as well exactly exactly all right let's get back to your uh your linebackers here so we had uh uh, uh jackson here that was the last one you're talking about so who do you who, that's your uh third ranked one i think that's the number we're at 
That's right, yeah. And then I've got a exact same score on two, again, very different linebackers, pretty similar to my number one and number two with Hutchinson and, and Thibodeau. I've got George Kalaftis from Purdue and David Ajabo, who have both got an 81 score for myself. So, yeah, two two different guys, two guys who I really enjoyed the tape of um, when I watched them. I mean, the big question mark with Carl Aftis, I think I'm just looking at my sort of rankings and what I've kind of scored him out of, is obviously the injuries. You know, mm-hmm. until this year, he'd not really put together a huge amount of sort of consistent film on a consistent basis, but kind of, you know, straight from that Aiden Hutchinson kind of cloth, really. He's hugely powerful. Um, you know, and he's, he's bendier than people give him credit for. I think people see this huge hulking guy and they don't give him any credit for being any sort of athletic. He's kind of right. maybe uh, pigeonholing him a little bit like a linear player, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think he's, you know, got the power to play from inside all the way out to wide nine as well. So you get a hugely, hugely versatile guy who can beat these huge NFL tackles. Maybe we'll talk about tackles a little bit later on when we talk about the Bengals. And, oh, we're, oh know, we're definitely talking about tackles. We, 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 <laughs> we, we, we know that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that one in there. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think he's got like a lot of discipline. I think he, yeah, he's got a lot of motor, and he, I think he can he can really make a great career for himself. Either has a rotational lineman to begin with, playing all the way across the defensive line, and then he'll be a starter within a couple of years and wreaking havoc as well. And then we get to the bit of the Joker in the pack of Jarbo. Like I say, we're going to claim him for the UK. And again, I found this really funny when I was doing my research in that he doesn't even know like all the rules yet. He has to like, ask people every now and then like, oh, why was that a flag or why was this? What? He, like, he's super, super, super raw. Yep. Like you will not find a more raw prospect. But also, you know, you could say the same thing about your ceiling. You might not find a more high ceiling prospect right. in this whole draft because he, again, has absolutely exploded this year opposite Aiden Hutchinson, and they've probably fed off each other quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, his um, his all his physical tools are right there. He just needs to be polished up. You know, he's, he plays an extremely high-value position. He, you know, I, and again, going back to what we said a minute ago about drafting those more senior, more polished players, right. this guy's worth a top top 20 pick because, just because of the ceiling alone and just because of the, the pure raw peak speed power production that he's got. And, you know, every pass rusher wants those guys and they want those um, uh, talents, right? Wants those intangibles. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, sometimes the, the talent or the, the, the perceived talent you know, exceeds anything. And you, you can't pass up on guys like this for, for what you said, the, the ceiling is extremely high for, for, mm-hmm. for David's here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's it, like, you know, you'll get some guys and I like a few guys lower down my list. And I think if only they were a bit faster or if they were a bit stronger or, you know, their frame was a bit more filled out. He's got all that. He just needs to learn how to play the game. He just needs to learn a bit more craftiness with his hands and things like that. And And the rules too. (laughs) And that that always helps. But I mean, to to be fair with the edge guys, there's not so much to do. He's not really asked to drop in coverage and things like that. He doesn't have to know about coverages and drop zones and things like that. It's go and tackle that guy with yeah, the ball. In hand. That's put your hand it. in the dirt and go get the guy with the quarterback or go get the exactly. guy with the ball. <laughs> you mate at the, at the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think he'll have too much problems. I think, you know, the NFL team that picks him up, they'll have to simplify things maybe in year one, things like that. Because, you know, what it's like the NFL, it's a step up in the mental aspects of the game. Right. And teams will start picking on him and putting in binds and things like that and seeing how he can kind of learn that side of the game. So, we will have to pick that up. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a designated pass rusher or something like that, first and foremost. Uh, maybe in his rookie year, he'll still right. get seven to eight sacks, I think. And then obviously once he's kind of a, embedded as a starter. Now, do you, do you see him, digital, do you see him as a, oh, sorry, do you see him as a first rounder or is he probably more like a second round pick, you think? Oh, I, I would, if I was a GM, I would uh, pick him within the top 20 picks because okay. of that ceiling. I right, right, right. don't have any problem with that at all. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm into my, my my second round grades now with my top five here as I'm right okay. now, but obviously that doesn't equate to where they'll actually be picked, of course. Right, but right, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I really like David Ajabo. I think he's he's got a big, bright future ahead of him. All right, so who is that your top – did we go through that? Is that the top five or get one more? That is top five, although Carl Aftis and Ajabo are kind of equal. So okay. it's kind of like all equal right. four, yeah. All righty. So this is all going to be on you guys' uh, draft guide as well, too, right? Which is coming out here. I think uh, Kieran told me uh, like beginning of March, I think it's coming out. Yeah, uh, be about the mid middle of March. It'll be probably about a month's time. Yeah. Okay. If we record this on the 21st of February. Yeah. So we have to definitely have to keep an, keep an eye out for that because you guys do a great job of, of uh, in depth stuff on, on college football and so like that. Now, as you alluded to earlier, my Bengals, as we know, went to the Super Bowl and 
uh, we just put me and my son or my son just put a video out today of of the last play of the game where not only was Jamar Chase wide open, but so was CJ Uzama. <laughs> if we had an offensive line, which we all know we don't, <laughs> we won the game. So, all right, now my where I'm I'm starting my draft uh, process, my thought process with the Bengals is they're going to sign a guard or a tackle at least in free agency. With that being in mind, do you see them going after a cornerback, another offensive lineman at 31? What 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 do you what do you think they would be at if again this is all with the premise that they guard and tackle are signed in free agency? So I mean, I know that Karen's been very, very vocal about this sort of thing, but he he's been saying that he thinks that the Bengals need at least three more starters. Right. By way of either the draft or by, by free agency. Right. Now I know that the, the cornerback market isn't looking too great, so that probably means that you're going to draft one early, right? Mm-hmm. And the tackle market isn't amazing, but it's got some guys there that you could definitely get. You know, you've got a little bit of cap space knocking around there in Cincinnati, so there's some, some guys that you could get. Now, I have seen onto the Chargers, and I don't want to make this Chargers-centric because I know it's a Bengals podcast, but you know, I'm just learning from my own experience of what I've kind of seen. The Chargers went out and got uh, three starters last season. And it made the Chargers O-line when they were all healthy right. a million times better. And Justin Herbert wasn't sacked a million times like Joe Shiesty is all the time. So, I mean, I'd just follow that. I'd follow that. I'd go and grab one in free agency, go and get a veteran guy, whether it be interior or on the edges, and follow up in the draft as well. Follow up early, you know, because you've got a superstar quarterback there. And, you know, he needs to not be on the ground half the game. Yeah, yeah that so, would help. <laughs> on 31, at 31, and do you know what I would... You're going to need interior and on the edge help as well. So don't pigeonhole yourself. I was doing a few mock drafts on a few sites mm-hmm. in preparation for this for the mm-hmm. Bengals. And I think a good way to go would be to get a versatile offensive lineman in, at, at 31. Mm-hmm. Someone like Zion Johnson, you know, we talked about the senior ball. The guy showed out at the senior ball playing every spot on the line, mm-hmm. you know, from from uh, from interior to exterior. So play, picking a player like that kind of gives you that flexibility moving forward in the later rounds. So you get someone like that or someone that can play inside and outside a little bit like uh, Darian Kennard from Kentucky. And, you know, if you want to leave it a little bit later, if you want to get a corner first and then you want to leave it a little bit later, my, my guy who I want the Chargers to get, so I don't need you guys to take him, but Max <laughs> Mitchell from Louisiana, I'm a big, big fan of. I think he can play on both ends of the tackle position. And I think he's a great pass protector. So exactly what you guys are going to want. So maybe a little bit later, you know, third round, maybe late second. Now, um, I have a question here. What, for you. What about, uh, I'm bring it up here. Uh, Luke here, Luke. Uh, uh, I can't say his last name. <laughs> I always mess it up. We'll go with that because I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, what What's your thoughts <laughs> on him? Because I I think he's he's uh, ranked as a pretty pretty high offensive lineman as well. I've done a little bit of research on him, not, not much. Mm. Let's see. Here. No, it's it's always one of those, isn't it? Where the we're going back back to circle back to what we were talking about earlier with the combine. You know, if these mm-hmm. guys can shot in the combine, because I saw I saw a. Big Bengals account, obviously Joe Goodbury, talking about the uh, lack of um, athleticism that the Bengals have drafted recently mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, and signed their low line. So, you know, if he's looking pretty athletic, then it's a winner for the Bengals, I think, uh, moving forward. And do you know what? I think with the offensive lineman, I think, you know, he obviously played in Central Michigan. I don't think it's too much of a problem because it's pretty similar to what we were talking about with the, uh, the edge rushers there. It's pretty similar, simple game, isn't it? You know, you block the guy in front of you or you communicate with the guy next to you and just stop whoever's coming at you. Right, that, so that, that would usually help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, I don't think there's a problem. As long as, you know, he's got the athletic traits, I think that's what the Bengals need to do. They get, need to get more athletic as they move forward in the offensive line. Exactly, exactly. Now, I know, uh, now, now Kieran warned me to, to, to not to, not to bring up too much about Jackpot Jerry Burrow and, and against uh, – no, no offense. If I call him Sherbert. It's, it's Herbert. <laughs> Justin Herbert. But I know, I know, I know you're you're going to be. You know, you think obviously you think your quarterback is better, which I completely. You know, that's fine. I don't agree with you, but that's fine. You know, but uh, what what is your thought process as far as like I guess it's Joe? If, if Joe could do what he did this year with a crappy offensive line, hmm. and Joe Mixon can do what he did with a not very good offensive line. Yeah. To me, that that's where Bengals fans, I think, should be ex- excited. That's why I am I am so fired up about the free agency. If we get a guard and a tackle, I mean, what I would love them to do is go sign a tackle and a center and a guard. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. To be uh, to be honest, I just I don't I don't know. I could see them because my thought process is if we get a center and I like um, 
uh, Jensen from uh, Tampa Bay. If you get him, you can kick uh, Hopkins over back over to guard. And just the history of the Bengals, they don't pay guards very often. So that's that's where I'm always – I always got that in the back of my head. So, but I guess back to my original point, I'm kind of going off here on a tangent. (laughs) How good do you think the Bengals' offense will be once they get an offensive line fixed? I mean, we've seen what they did against Kansas City, 525 yards. Jamar Chase ran for more yards – then Patrick Mahomes threw the ball for us. I mean, that's where I think we're looking at on a consistent basis. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I think I've been saying it to, to a lot of people recently that the AFC is going to get very, very interesting and very, very exciting with all these young quarterbacks that are in there. You know, both of our teams own one of them. So, yeah, we're going to be having some shootouts, I think, over the uh, next 10 years or so. Plus, like I say, Kansas City, maybe the Ravens as well, and whoever else drafts one this year. But, yo, the sky's the limit for the Bengals' offense. I mean, you've got an absolute superstar at quarterback. You've got an absolute superstar at wide receiver. And, um, yeah, you just need to sort out that offensive line. Joe Mixon is, you know, he's not a superstar, I wouldn't say. I don't think I'm being disrespectful in saying that, but he's a very good running back. And, um, yeah, like you say, sort out the offensive line. I think they're going to go somewhere because they've got a little bit of a defense that can play as well with some some top players on there as well. So, yeah, I think it could be record-breaking, to be honest with you. Chase is looking like an absolute superstar after year one. Joe, again, you just need to, you know, protect him a little bit. Two knee injuries in two years isn't, you know, it's not great, is it? So, no, not a good, not a good way to start it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's one of them, isn't it? Where if you just keep him upright, because he can, you know, he's a surgeon out there, isn't he? So you just need to keep him upright and watch it go. Yeah, exactly. Now we're we're um, I guess we're, have you done? I know we're doing doing a lot of draft here, and I'm kind of I guess I'm moving it toward free agency because that's just where my my focus is right now is free agency, just because of what, where the Bengals are at, Bengals are at. And this is kind of what I did last year is last year, you know, before they signed, uh, uh, Riley reef, mm. I was like, we got to go get, you know, quit in Spain, you know, we got to draft him. But as soon as they signed Riley reef, I was like, all right, then we can go get Jamar chase. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I got to see what we're going to do in, in free agency first. And I put some stuff out there for Trayvon, uh, Armstead and, and, uh, uh, Ryan Jensen, Mm-hmm. And so people came at me, which they're right. And I said, this is dream scenario, which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. They are the most expensive guys out there. <laughs> and the Bengals have got, you know, we've got uh, Jesse Bates. we got Larry Ogunjobi. we got BJ Hill. we got all these other guys that we have to sign. In my opinion, we have to sign. Uh, so we can't, and we have about 50 million under the cap, which we have a lot of money, but you can't really spend all of it on two guys, maybe three. You know, I mean, you have to have some left over. So, what are some other guys, I guess, in free agency that that you could see uh, that would be another uh, some good offense line? Like, I know uh, my buddy Dale says Austin uh, Cobert's a good one. Um, I mean, if you're not looking at the, the top top guys, I know that um, a couple of Chargers fans are really up for uh, Dennis Kelly, who's been at the Packers and most recently the Titans. Uh, it was a bit of a bargain basement right tackle to come in um, and exploring that option. Not 100% sold on it, but you know I know that he's not got a lot of tread on the tyres, even though he's quite advanced in age. He's a good pass protector, reasonable in the run game. So if you're not going to for spending a great deal of money, then I think Dennis Kelly would be a reasonable option from what I've heard from other people. It's not someone that I'm, like I say, hugely involved in or hugely kind of want the Chargers to go after. Right. But, you know, that wouldn't be too bad. I mean, to be honest, just taking you back a couple of steps, you can let BJ Hill go because I'm happy for the Chargers to sign him and you can save you some money that way if you like. Um, <laughs> see, but... see, that's the thing. To me, people are, people are like, you're like, oh, <laughs> BJ Hill might be gone. I'm like, I, I, I'm to the point. I, I mean, I love Larry Ogunjobi. I do. I think he, but I think he was a little more inconsistent. When BJ Hill got in there, got playing time, I, I want to sign both of them, to be honest. I want to sign both back. Hmm. But I, if I'm going 1 1A, I, I'm kind of like, I want BJ Hill. You got to get him because he made some. Some really good plays down the stretch, and he, in my opinion, he's more consistent than Larry O was. But Larry still is a a, a very very good player, so I'm mm. I, I want them to sign him so you guys don't get him. <laughs> how about how about if you if you wanted a center then as a as an alternative to Ryan Jensen because I think a lot a lot of teams are going to want Ryan Jensen. How about right. Matt Paradis? He's a player that I'm familiar with. He used to play for the Broncos, coming out of Carolina. From what I've seen of the, when he used to play for the Broncos, he was a really really serviceable center. He's, he's said, such older. Ben Johnson is that who you said? Uh, Matt Paradis. Oh, okay. Oh, I gotta try to find him here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think he'd be reasonable. Um, you've got the doctor, Lauren Duvernay Tardif. I, don't, I think he's on his way out of Kansas City. You could grab him for a little right. bit of a bargain basement option again. Mm-hmm. So these are all, let's see here. And then there's another one on here. I th- uh, Austin Reader. I don't know about him. Hmm. Yeah, those scores aren't looking too healthy from being no. up there. 
now see I, I i'm such a geek i can just sit and scroll through all this crap and, and, and <laughs> look at the same, it. it's yeah it's it's addicting sometimes you mm-hmm. scroll through this oh that guy's good oh that guy's good yeah. but i mean like i said the guy i really like to get is this, uh, up here ryan jensen i mean but it, it would be they're projected three years 13 million dollars uh guaranteed 24.5 mm. uh guaranteed so I don't know. That's that's a lot, but I mean, he's one of the best centers in, in the NFL too. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers went out and got Corey Lindsley, made him the most high-paid center in the league. So mm-hmm. if you go on premium players, you're gonna have to pay premium prices. Unfortunately, it's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, we we did so much. We've you know done the I don't want to say bargain basement thing, but they haven't really went out and spent a ton of money on the offensive line. They spent a ton of money on on defense and in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, and they've they've been smart about it. I mean, we didn't have anybody that broke. Broke the bank. I mean, let's let's be honest. The guys they signed, Chibay Wuze, Trey Henderson, all of them were on the upper echelon. You know, they're in their uh, mid twenties, early thirties, right around there, and, and they're it. on their on their way up. And they signed them to you know good you know good money, four year mm-hmm. contracts. And that's I think where they're they're going to try to do the same thing as far as the offensive line goes. And that's where I keep trying to look at this to see who might be there. And I think I said I like Ryan Jensen, but yeah, I, I could see there's your. There's a uh, Brandon Allen <laughs> from your Chargers there, or that's no, Rams. Sorry, my bad. Which I, that'll be weird to get him though. <laughs> Since yeah, we just played him in the Super Bowl. It's it's one of those. I think you've got to have a bit of a hybrid hybrid way to go about it. I think you've got to get some experience in there. The guys that know what they're doing can provide that leadership, and then you've got to draft a couple as well because you know you can't fill. I mean, we're looking at like guys who are like say mid to late twenties, early thirties. You can't go for too long right. on those guys and i mean it's about establishing that room isn't it that culture i think that's something that's really really important and you know to bring along those young guys because i know you you've also got jonah williams there he's obviously had mm-hmm. a couple of knee injuries and stuff like that but he's probably underperformed his draft stock a little bit and his draft position and and where you got him you know i think it's about kind of someone who can maybe bring the best out of him as well as a, like a veteran guy right, um, right as long as as well as bringing some along who uh, you're going to draft in the near future next couple of months yeah, there's Reef, and I, I'm like, I'm not sure. I, I would mind. My other thought process I have with Reef is, is you could sign him, and you could possibly kick him over in the guard too. If you if you mm. signed another another tackle, is uh, you know because yeah, he's pretty versatile, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he could. I mean, he was a left tackle, he came here and played right tackle for us, and then you have Trenton Brown. But I mean, I know the two big guys. Let's see here. Get up to the top here. There's Orlando Brown. I, that's one that would be nice, but I. I I don't know what's your thoughts on him. I, I don't think Kansas City is going to let him go, to be honest. I really don't. I, I, I don't either, but there was a little bit of rumble that he wasn't too happy there, even though he's only just arrived there last summer. But I, I don't know. I've never, I've never been 100% sold on him. Obviously, he backed himself, wanting to play left tackle. I think he was he was good. Obviously, his PFF ranking there is pretty decent, 75 or so. I, I don't think it's a superstar that he thinks he is, though. I think, right. um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not never 100% sold on him, as you can tell, by the way. I'm kind of... Dancing around this a little bit. <laughs> well, um, what, I think concerns it's me, out there. what concerns me about him is if he's not happy in Kansas City, he wasn't happy in Baltimore, and yeah. now he's not happy in Kansas. I and mean, the guys like that, I'm kind of like, I don't know. We have such a good culture hmm. with our team. That's where I'm like, I don't know if if it's worth bringing you know bringing them in. Then there's Trayvon Armstead, and which is the guy I like to see. But actually, you know, the funny thing is somebody uh, tweeted me out or it was on Facebook. I can't remember which one of how many games he's actually missed. The last couple of years, he hasn't been that that durable. So yeah. to me, that's where I'm like, with that in mind, that you know they're going to use that against him. So three years, twenty million dollars, they might be able to use that against him to get to get it cheaper. I don't know if you know. If team, yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? Where if your if your GM can leverage that against him, then right, it might be happy days because you don't want to chug a ton of money at a guy and then him not to play. I mean, again. Brian yeah, Balaga. that's so that's what you... Brian Balaga haunts us over in LA. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we are we are had that in, uh, in uh, Trey Wayne's here where we si- signed him and he didn't we didn't get anything out of him. So, those yeah. are your two best tackles. They got uh, Dwan Brown, that's another one you could get. I mean, there's a lot. The thing is, there's Morgan Mo- Moses, that's another, but he's I think he's a bit older, he's a little bit older. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got you've got Trent Brown as well, who's probably the premier tackle for my money of, of someone who might actually be available because if we're saying not Wanda Brown, might not be. But he's enormous, isn't he? Is his scheme fit? That's that size for an offense that probably wants to get more athletic. And Joe obviously likes to move around. You probably want to get the platform moving there at the quarterback. And it does he fit because he's enormous. Yeah, he's a six eight three eighty. Yeah, that is ginormous. I wonder how. I did see how old he is. I can't see it on my screen. 
93, uh, so he's oh. late 20s, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Jeez, ah, I'm old. That's the year I graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's dating myself here, man. He's like, what, 20, that's what makes him like 29 next season, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah he's, that, he's, that, he's that, in that's, prime. That's the wheelhouse we were talking about trying to get, get somebody in uh, as far as a tackle goes. And then we get go to the guard position because I know um, my buddy Dale here said – let's see, I'm going to guards. Um, Austin – what's his name? Yeah, Cobert. Here you go. Hmm. Yeah, the one we talked about before. He he's the one that. Yeah, he's one that's projected. I think that uh, so a lot of Bengals fans are saying that he might be worth uh, getting as well, and he's a guard. So you get him and Trent Brown at tackle, and, and he's born ninety five, so he's he's in his twenties. Hmm. Yeah, and then you're getting you know you're, you're managing to refresh the offensive line. These guys have had success, obviously coming from like the Patriots, the Rams. They're going to have that winning culture instilled in them already. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy to bring along those young guys when you can say, well, you need to listen to me because I've got this on my finger. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I might know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> anyway. So, all right. So, what, we've talked about the offense line. We talked about uh, the free agents here. What What are – let's let's talk a little – we did touch on cornerbacks a little bit. What are, what are your – that's another position I think the Bengals are in need of is to get a, at least a number two cornerback. What is your uh, uh, rank, or where do you guys have as far as cornerbacks go coming out in the draft? Do you, do you have anything on that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think there's a clear kind of like three. I think there's a top three that, mm-hmm. for various reasons, I think you can have them in different orders. I think Derek Stingley is the most talented corner in the class. Right. But obviously, injury history, especially recent injury history, makes people very nervous about him. I know Kieran's, even though he's an LSU fan, I think Kieran's become very, very nervous about Derek Stingley and how hyped he was about him about 12 months ago. Right. Um, and now he's all over Sauce Gardner. I also think the other one is Andrew Booth as well. I think Andrew Booth got flying on the radar a little bit from Clemson. I think right. he is an extremely talented corner. But, you know, even though I'm saying it's, you know, these top three, I think there's quite a lot of depth there. So, you know, if you didn't want to go for one of these guys at 31, like, you know, none of these guys are there at 31, but someone like Trent McDuffie, Roger McCreary might be there, you know, who who are you know, super, super talented guys as well. Um, Martin Edmonton uh, from uh, Mississippi State as well is another guy I quite like in that range. But then if you want to wait, I mean, this this draft is is deep at cornerback. You know, Tariq Walden, uh, Walden sorry, from uh, UTSA, Darian Kendrick, I think these guys, are they're all really, really good. Um, so, yeah, you've got a lot of guys who... I feel that you could get in the first couple of rounds. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Kyrie Elon. He's one who I would avoid personally. Right. Um, but yeah, if you want an outside starting cornerback in this league to either be a you know a, a now CB two, future CB one, I think any right. of these guys that I've just reeled off can can do that for you. What's your thoughts about Kobe Bryant uh, for the? Because I'm a, I'm a Bearcat fan, so I mean sure. I think Kobe Bryant is. There's, I don't think he's a first rounder. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's more a se- second round, late third round pick. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I'd have him in that kind of range. I think then those two that have formed that partnership over there, I feel that they're they're really you know they're a really strong partnership, and that's what you want, isn't it? You don't want to kind of have one guy who's up here and one guy who's kind of much lower because you got to get the other guy picked on quite a lot. But right. no, I think he's, he's he's a playmaker as well, isn't he? I think he's got a few picks out there. Um, I, I've seen a couple that I can remember from this uh, college football season where he's taking one over the shoulder, you know, like a wide receiver would on a nine route. Right. You know what I mean? And he's taking right. that in, so. I don't know if he used to play there at all. I've not really delved into him uh, in his background too much, but the tape-wise, yeah, I like what I see. I think he's a, a real top prospect, and you know, you've got the uh, the height and length up there. He's got that in abundance. So you've got a pair of corners there out of Cincinnati who have got the size, have got the uh, the measurables to do so, and have got the skills to do it as well. Right. I mean, so so like like I said, even if we like dream scenario for me is if they do, like I said, sign two offensive line. I mean, I would I'm with Karen. I would love them to sign three. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I could see them signing two, for sure. But then you get a, you get an offensive lineman at, at thirty-one, and then you get Kobe Bryant at, at your second-round pick, and that that's where I, I think we're, we're we get that we need to in, in the rest of the round they need to or the rest yeah the rest of the picks need to to start drafting for depth. That's mm. one thing that now let's be honest the Bengals got lucky this year and we were very very healthy. I mean we were they were all up till you know the end of the season. Well, Larry, Larry, huh? I'm sorry. I said, it's what you need. You need a bit yeah. of luck. You need, you need that health to, to stay there for you guys. Right, exactly. And all up till, till right before the Super Bowl, and we lost Riley Reef and we lost Larry O. Those are the two two big ones. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes to me is where we have to get uh, depth in, in our in our linebacking core and our offensive line, tight ends, and cornerbacks. Those are like the, the four positions I think we really need the most depth in. And I know some people are tweeting out like, oh, we got to get rid of Jax Karma. got to get rid of Akeem Adeniji and – 
and, and, and Isaiah Prince. And Isaiah, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I don't want to get rid of them. I'm like, well, we're not going to be able to keep all of them if we sign two. But you yeah. have to keep these young guys for future. And my, my opinion is our future uh, tackle, possibly guard, is Jax Carmen and uh, Deontay Smith. I think those two are for sure future guards for us. I think Deontay Smith yeah. has a chance of being a future right tackle horse too mm-hmm. as well. So to me, that, that that's where I, I'm like, I want to sign a guard, but I'm not big on signing for like four years. I want to sign up for like maybe a two-year deal or something and yeah. let these guys develop behind them. Yeah, absolutely. I think what it's all about is it's all about, like you say, getting that depth and raising the floor of that room, right? Because you can right. sign a free agent who raises the ceiling a bit, but then you've got to draft those guys that raise the floor. If you can get a guard in the you know, early day three and he's better than Jackson Carmen, then you're going to let Jackson Carmen go. But you raise that floor, right? That's what it's all about across right. the whole team, not just the not just the line, but obviously the line is a bit more important because you've got so many of them. You know, you're going to carry right. nine, ten offensive linemen, right? And mm-hmm. obviously you want that room to be as deep as possible because next year might not have as much luck as you you had this year. Oh, that goes for every team as well. well yeah, oh, yeah. And, and most likely we won't. I mean, I mean, with, like I said, they were very, very healthy. And that, that well, let's just look at 2020. They were Bengals were extremely unhealthy. I mean, everybody yeah. was hurt. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Joe yeah. Burrow was hurt. Joe Mix was hurt. CJ Jama's hurt. I mean, uh, Liska, I mean, D, DJ Reader got hurt. The list goes on and on. Now, if you have major injuries like that, it doesn't really matter how deep you are. <laughs> it's not, you know, you're not going to be able to replace all of those guys. But the thing is, most likely we will have a little bit more injuries this year than we did last year. So that's where I'm like, we have to get the depth pieces. And that's why I'm so big on getting at least two offensive linemen. I would I would personally like them to sign a quarterback. Cornerback. I like J.C. Johnson out of, uh, out of New England there. I think mm. he would be a, a good one to pick up. But I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I, I could see them mostly just sticking with the offensive line yeah I, th- I think i think quite a lot, again like ryan jensen i think quite a lot of teams would like to sign jc jackson um mm. i don't think he'll escape new england though because no. as much as they don't like to pay their own they've obviously just lost stefan gilmore as well so losing two top end quarterback uh, cornerback sorry after one after the other is is pretty hard to take i'd say yeah well i mean they, that's the thing is that they don't like to spend money but the patriots did spend money last year mm. and, and that, that's kind of what it's it, it comes down to something. Look, look, look. Let's be honest. If you, the best way to do it is to draft, draft the guys and de- develop them yourself. That doesn't Absolutely, always work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just take the Bengals for instance. I mean, how many guys have, have we drafted as far as the offensive line goes? And we haven't really hit on on anybody. We got Jonah Williams, but Jonah Williams still hasn't gotten to the All Pro level left tackle that we that we he was projected to be. And that's why there's a lot of talk of kicking him to uh, right tackle or possibly kicking him, in, him into guard this year. But really, yeah. he's the only offensive lineman that is consistent that the Bengals has worked for the Bengals the last couple of years. I mean, we had Billy Price, who, thank God, we turned into B.J. Hill, which was a, the steal of the century. <laughs> I, I just, that, was, that would go down as, I think, the greatest trade in Bengals history, I think. <laughs> but, I mean, those are the guys that we've, we've had to deal with here. And then we got Jax Carmen, who I'm not saying he's a bust. And and, and I, I go with like what Duke Tobin said. Duke Tobin said it takes two or three years for offensive linemen to develop. The problem with – he's right on that, but the problem with that is the Bengals needed Jackson Carmen to hit this year. Yeah. <laughs> they needed yeah, yeah. him to be able to plug in and play, and that was the problem with that pick. Now, the good thing is, I'll say this too, everybody said, well, we traded back, could have got a better offensive lineman, which is true. But if they don't trade back, then we don't get Evan McPherson in the fifth round as a kicker either. So that's where I'm kind of like, you know, you can always go. We should have done this, should have done that, but this, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> I was going to say, coulda, woulda, shoulda, always win, don't they? So it's, it's hard. Exactly. It's really hard. Yeah, that that's where the Bengals. The only thing they really missed, and I'm not going to say they missed, but they, they missed as far as what they needed Jackson Carmen to be for them this year. They needed him mm-hmm. to plug and play right guard and forget, put him in there and forget it, and the, and he wasn't. And we're still back at the next year trying to figure out the same thing as far as the offense line goes as we were last year. We need a right tackle. We need a right guard and maybe maybe possibly a center. I, what's your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on Trey Hopkins at, at center? Because I, I don't think he's terrible. I think he's recovering from his knee injury. I think that had a lot to mm. do with it. But if we get uh, Jensen to kick him over to guard, I'm fine with that, though. I think he's he's probably about a league average center, right? Starting center. Like you say, he's recovering from a knee injury. Obviously, playing the defensive line, they're under so much pressure on the knees. It's, it's difficult to just bounce straight back. It's really, really difficult. Like I say, I think early on, I think you should be targeting a versatile offensive lineman, maybe one guy who can play centre guard or guard tackle, something like that because it gives you that flexibility then moving forward you've got some guys who obviously you just named Williams could move around, you've got some other guys that you mentioned previously who could have some versatility 
and it just means that you can not just throw what, what you think out there is your best five, but you know, right. you've got that combinations, right? That you can have in training camp and you can think, well, might not have been where they played last year, but they've shown out in training camp and they can all play together. So this is my line moving forward because, you know, what is it? 102 sacks in two years or something like that yeah, for yeah. Joe Burrow. It's, it's got, like it's that, got yeah. to reduce, hasn't it? You know, you're probably yeah. absolutely sick of people saying that to you as mm. Bengals fans, but it's, it's the biggest problem on the team because at the yeah. end of the day, you've got a team that can play on both sides of the ball. You've got an absolute legend that, they are in a kicker, so you've got some guy who can come on and win a game for you in the last seconds. You know, he's proven it in his rookie year. I think he's going to be one of the best in the league in a couple oh, of years. Yeah. You know, and he's got the mindset for it as well, as he's kind of shown out in the in the playoff games. Exactly. You I just mean, need I, to keep him upright. You just need to keep number nine upright. That that's the I mean, as easy as simple as that sounds, that's what <laughs> they've been trying to do for the last three years, and they but, haven't been able to do it yet. You no, know, you've got to have that. You've got to have some linemen who reverse style, right? You can't be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to draft a center because unless they're in round one, for me, I don't yeah. draft guys who yeah, just yeah, play if, center. Do you know what absolutely. I mean? You've got to have some versatility. Yeah, if you you've got and, to have and, well, especially even at 31, even if you draft a lineman at 31. It's 31. It still doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, he could be. There are lots of guys that have been drafted at 31, and they're plug-and-play starters. Hmm. But it's 31. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be, too. But if you get a guy who's versatile, that makes it better for him. Also, he can play multiple positions. He's got a better shot of, of, of getting playing time in general. So we have uh, – not only do we have Riley Reef as a free agent, we also had Quentin Spain. And I'm a big Quentin Spain fan. And I know Spain got beat on the very last play. And he got beat left where he could not get beat. He got beat. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. But I'm I'm of the idea that I'm okay with signing him out. He won't, he's not gonna take a one-year prove-it deal. He's gonna probably want at least a two-year deal. I'm I'm okay with bringing him back. This is this my this is my thought process. If you bring him back and you and you sign Jensen and you sign a tackle, you spend your money on your, on your center and your tackle, you can have uh, Hopkins at guard and, and Q at the other guard. And people are like, well, that'd be the same problem we had this year. I said, difference. You got an all pro center, an all pro right guard and an all pro left guard or left tackle. Yeah. Sorry. Tackle. That makes the guards better. Yeah, that's, absolutely. that's my thought process w- with this. Yeah. You can't have two weak links on the offensive line playing next to each other. So you've got to have a, a top end center and or top end tackle looking after a guard or a top end guard who's looking after you. If you tackle, right. if you have a guard and a center, or a guard and a tackle on one side that are both iffy, then you've got some problems and it doesn't need Aaron Donald to wreck the game for you. You know? And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna join you in sticking up Quinton Spain a little bit because at the end of the day, it's Aaron Donald. Like most top guards in the league get beat by him every single week. It yeah. just happened that on you know, it just happened at the last time, uh, you know, the last possible second that it could have happened in the game. Right. And he wrecks the game because that's what he does every day. <laughs> every every day every day goes out there on the field. Yep. And you know what? The Rams front and the way that they set things up schematically, it's really fucking tough. For, sorry, I shouldn't swear. It's really it's tough for for offensive linemen, you know, especially if they're not real top-end linemen. Yeah. Because you can put some guys in there like Greg, Greg Gaines, who came out of Washington a couple of years ago as just a guy, you know, a zero-one tech guy. Mm-hmm. He's a superstar now. Well, you know, not superstar, but he's borderline, you know, because right. of the way the Rams do it and the guys that you play next to. And this is what mm-hmm. we're talking about, what I'm talking about, the defensive side of the ball, and you're talking about the offensive side of the ball. You just need to get some guys who can look after your lesser tackles. You don't need five superstars. No, and even if you do, do you know what I mean? You had yeah. the Dallas Cowboys a few years ago, and they did have five superstars, and they still didn't get there. Right, exactly. I mean, you just need, you just need five guys who could work cohesively together and not have communication problems, because we've had... Mm. For some mm-hmm. stupid reason, they still had communication problems all year at the worst time, it seemed like. Yeah. It's, it's a co- cohesive unit. So, But, I mean, like I said, if they sign a tackle and a center, I'll kind of be surprised. I think they're probably going to sign a guard, and I do think they're going to sign a, a tackle. And I could totally see uh, them resigning Quentin, Quentin Spain, and I think uh, uh, Trey Hopkins will be will be our center next year. I, I really – I mean, like I said, I want them to completely fix this. I'd like them to go all in and get some really top guys, but I don't know if that's – going to work out or not but the other thing the Bengals have, have got to look forward to is uh they have Joseph Osai coming back as the edge rusher for next year mm-hmm. so that's and that's the other other thing in the draft I like to add some more depth on the on the edge and people keep saying that but I'm like we have Joseph Osai and if he as is as good as he flashed in the preseason game I think we're, we're gonna be pretty good right there yeah that was a it was a, a cruel injury wasn't it because oh, Joseph yes. Osai was a player that I quite liked last year and I think you got him in exactly the same sort of range as what I would have thought right the motor on Joseph Asai is ridiculous. And, you know, he showed that out, like I said, he played some play, made some plays in the, the preseason. And you've already got pretty decent pass rushes as it is, you know, with Hendrickson and uh, 
Uh, and the other guys that you got there, Hubbard, and in what you got going through the interior, you know, Osai can be that relief pitcher of a guy. You know, he can come on, he can keep the energy up, and he can keep after the quarterback, especially late on when the, the tackles are tiring, those big bodies are wearing down a little bit because. You know, you've got other, you know, I'm just talking about schematically with the Rams, you know, you guys could do something like that where you could push Hendrickson inside, leave us eye on the edge. And, right. you know, he's a versatile yeah. player again. And versatility is not be all and end all sometimes is a bad thing, but aside can play linebacker as well. So right. you can disguise some things back there. Well, it goes to your point when you're talking about offensive linemen, guys who play multiple positions. That's what Joseph Osai could do. And the thing is, it, then Trey Henderson and, 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 and Sam Hubbard don't have to be after every freaking snap. Yeah. If you get yeah, some yeah. kind of rotation, because anytime, and I'll give this uh, this is a shout out to Zim Hude uh, on Twitter here, where he he put put it out there that he wants the Bengals to be extremely deep on defense, like the uh, Philadelphia Eagles were a couple of years ago, where they can just rotate guys in and out and yeah. in and, out, and they don't yeah. they, they don't get tired. And the, the Bengals are close to that. I mean, they have to add some more depth pieces, and that's I keep going back. That's why I want to fix stuff in free agency and then just draft for depth pieces. So I cannot wait. Good, good. You got something else to say? The, I was going to say the key the key to doing that and the Philadelphia example is a, is a really good one. The key to that is not only drafting and bringing through your own guys and you've got your superstars and your guys that you're bringing through the draft is finding one or two veterans out there that don't mind coming in, playing for a little bit less money right. and to be that, you know, that, that rotational piece. I'm thinking of like Michael Bennett, Chris Long in that Super Bowl Eagles yes. team who came in, did a job and now they've got a ring on their finger as the same before. It wasn't about the money for those. So if you can pick up you know, a guy... Because you can sell it to people now, right? You can sell it to the free agents out there. Because you say, well, look, we were, you know, a game away. We were a step away from, from, from it all. Can you, you're the guy to bring us over the edge. You know, I can imagine Zach Taylor and the GM and everyone else in the front office kind of selling to veterans like that. And, you know, the right ads bring up that culture, bring up that winning mentality. And again, can just bring you over the edge because you've got that rotation, that depth. And it's not costing you an arm and a leg because they're after the ring, they're not after the paycheck, right? Exactly. That That's that. And, and I think. Like Bengal fans went nuts when when Gronkowski said that he wanted to play for Joe Burrow if he came back and played for anybody. <laughs> and I, look, look, if they sign Gronk, great. I mean, I, I, that's not even a thought process to me, to be honest. I think we can. We I like CJ Uzama. There's nothing against Gronk. I like CJ Uzama. I think we can get a, a better a better backup in the draft than, than yeah. Drew Sample. My I, thought process nice. is listen to what he said. Gronkowski, who all he wants to do is chase rings. If he go, if he, yeah. if he plays, he wants a chance to win it. He's going to get, he, that's coming from him. That's other players are going to say the same thing. I'm going to go play with that guy, Jackpot Joey Burrow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're a minute, uh, a minute 45 left to win the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow having the, the ball in his hands. If you do that with a, a better offensive line, we win. <laughs> so that's yeah. where I, I think some of these guys are going to take less money. And that, that could include some of these offensive linemen who, you know, they could say, like, all right, yeah, I, I could go here for more money, but I could go here and play for. Joe Burrow. That's what that's exactly what DJ Reader did a couple years ago. Yeah, he got offered more money by I, I don't remember the team, but he wanted to come to Cincinnati and play for 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 Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that's what I think can happen or is going to happen this offseason. Guys are going like you said, they're going to want to come here and chase that ring. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, no NFL player is poor, right? <laughs> so no. they're, no. they're gonna they're gonna make some bank anyway. So right. they you know if that's what they want, then fair enough, go elsewhere, play on an average team or a poor team. And you know, be a millionaire for the rest of life, or yeah. you can be a slightly poorer millionaire, and you might be on some hardware to sell, you know, to, to have fun is, at the end of it. Is there such such a thing as a poor millionaire? Well, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. You know. If there is, I want to be a poor millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. One thing, maybe I, just one, thing, one, one less zero on the bank account. Yeah. Now. Exactly. One thing about football players, I will never, I will never slight them for for going after after the money because they're oh yeah, of course. Their career yeah. is so short and so limited. So I, you know. I totally understand about them trying to get as much money as they can for as long as they can. Mm. But then, like I say, you get to the point where you've made enough money, you made, you know, your money your grandkids are going to have. Absolutely. Go get that ring. And that's where a lot of guys are at. Because that's what that's what people remember, right? People remember, fans remember, we want people to, to be that hero in the Super Bowl. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. They want to go, they want to go on TV and say, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, tell everybody about your podcast when it's on the draft guide and everything going on at the full 10 yards. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. So, um, yeah, full 10 yards. Um, I probably rep the full 10 yards college branch a lot more. So our Twitter account is at full 10 yards, CFB college football, uh, my handle, which you can see on the screen below at Wakefield 90. And, um, yeah, like, like I say, find all my writing. Everyone's writing up there. We've got a full gang of us, um, writing about college football, uh, at full 10 yards.com. Uh, we're going to have a draft guide out for you guys in about a month's time. 
Uh, we can get hard copy out to you. We can get it out sent out as a PDF for you guys over in the states. And you're, you're going to get is a pretty comprehensive guide of um, every position, uh, about 300 players or so. And it's just going to be yeah, the go-to place. It's not going to be super expensive or anything like that. And we'll probably uh, but probably be at back kind of a, a yearly feature. To be fair, and this is going to be our second iteration of it. So um, yeah, no, come and support us and uh, come and read our work as well. Because you know, people of the pond, we're, we're getting to know this sport now. And we know what we're talking about. <laughs> That's why I try to tell people <laughs> like, these, these guys know what they're talking about. They, they got some. They got some influence. And it, it's it's now like I said, Kieran's trying to trying to uh, school me on some. Well, we like I said, we call it soccer. I don't know if you guys call it football. <laughs> trying to school me on that. So I got I got to try to try to learn that. We actually have a professional soccer team here now. Mm. Still haven't been to a game yet. I'm probably gonna try to go this summer but lee as as always i appreciate you coming on and uh let's do this again when we get closer closer to the draft absolutely yeah thanks for having me jeff i uh, appreciate it we'll see you soon all right guys i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did these guys are full 10 yards yeah they sound like they're from boston yeah they're across the pond but you know what they know what they're talking about they got some pretty good stuff on their podcast and like i said they got the uh, draft guide coming out here soon so I love some of the comments in the chat in the chat. Royal Flush share. I think he had a really good point here about Joseph Osai. He said uh, he's still uh, a known variable. He might be an injury prone player and never pass out. Pan, excuse me, never pans out. We need insurance at the pass rush. And I agree with you on that. You never know. And that's the thing, too, is we might be able to get some of these guys on one year prove it deals that want to go get a ring and could help us with that pass rush. And we can find out about Joseph Osai, you know. Is my thought process, and I do like the idea. Marjorie Sanders, of course, I like that. Bearcat, I love the kidding. We'll see what happens. Now, this one, since I bangle, you are absolutely positive, and I hope you're right. He said, We're going to be the talk of the offseason for free agencies because Mike Brown knows that we need to sign offensive linemen, and I'm betting y'all any more money he's going to sign three, and that sounds great. If they sign three, sign me up. I am all for that. You know, they say, and like I said, I said it when I was talk, talking to Lee. I'm, if you're going to spend money, I would spend, if they're only going to spend it on, if they're only going to spend it on two, as well, I'll say it this way if they only spend it on two, for me, I'm like, spend it on that center, spend it on that uh, right or left tackle, and then you can go cheaper on guards if you want to. I prefer them not to do it, but that's kind of been the Bengal way. You know, I don't spend that much money on guards. That's why I'm saying that. But if you have three solid guys in the middle and you have two okay guys in the guards, you probably could be okay with that, you know, and that would give Jackson Carman and Deontay Smith another year at least to develop to possibly be our future guards. Just thoughts. I don't know. We'll see. We got a long ways to go. We're just getting started, people. This is going to be fun. I cannot, like I said, I can't wait till fringe hits March 15th. Uh, like what is it next? Actually, next week I think is the uh, combine. I think so. I'm gonna be watching that. I hope you guys will will too. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And always, I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, Cincinnati Reds, Riding Third, Heading for Home, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Cave, and they follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I put a uh, TikTok up over the weekend. It kind of blew up. <laughs> I'm confident we're going to be back. Uh, check out, uh, if you want to check out the podcast, it'll be the sound will be up there later on tonight. Uh, it's on Beanpot, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate rate, like, and review, leave more, leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, my originals, we're at 1,505 subscribers. You guys are awesome. Get the last couple comments here. Jeff Holmes, what's up? I hear they're going after one of the Cowboys offensive linemen. Which one would that be? Are you talking about as a trade, free agent? What are you talking about? Jeff Anderson, what's up, Jeff? Been a while. Still sad about the lost, but what a future for us. Exactly. That's one thing I, I, I want everybody, and I said this during the season, and I hope you guys did, enjoy the hell out of this football season. I think we got a shot at going back next year. I think we really got a really good shot at going back next year. But you never know. <laughs> and, but enjoy this first one because there's nothing like the first time. There's nothing. It'll, 
it'll be cool next year. But, you know, remember the five years we kind of all kind of got, okay, let's win a playoff game. Well, if we keep going to the Super Bowl or keep going to AFC Championship game, we're going to be like, we're going to start getting spoiled going, okay, can we win this thing already? So let's enjoy this. I hope we can. Uh, it says, how's Jeremy doing? Uh, I haven't been able to get a hold of him. I called him a couple times, which, I mean, he's he's at home. Um, he's recovering. So he's out of the hospital. He's back home. Uh, he's got his family down there helping him. So he last time I talked to him, he said it's probably going to be at least four or five weeks before he is somewhat moving around by himself. Um, again, I haven't got to talk to him since last week. Uh, I guess I've tried to call him, but, you know, he's <laughs> he's recovering from a broken back. So he might be a little busy to answer my phone call. But as soon as I find out some more stuff, I will let you go. Let you guys know. Greg, I heard they might let the tight end go. I sure hope not. I don't see that happen. You mean CJ Uzama? Is that who you're talking about? And then Jeff says, can't remember the name. Just keep an eye out for the Cowboys linemen. All right. I will definitely keep an eye out for them. So tomorrow on the show, if anybody wants to know, I've been doing, I know this is hugely a Bengals podcast and it's a Cincinnati sports. So I do try to cover some of the other, other sports as well. Um, so I know we got baseball. Well, maybe. And they're meeting. From when I went on the air, they started a meeting at 1 o'clock. And as far as I know, there's still players and owners are still meeting. So I'm going to have Bobby Nightingale on from the Cincinnati Inquirer tomorrow. So we can hopefully find out the latest on baseball. And, you know, of course, we're going to talk Bengals. By the way, go check out the video my son did. It's on the channel. It'll tear you up inside. <laughs> because not only was Chase open... But so is CJ. Oh, Zama. We need to get an offensive line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, we need to cut Trey Waynes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 90% sure they're going to cut Trey Waynes. So, hey, Paul, what's up? What's up, Jeff? What's going on? I'm glad you mainly covered the Bengals. Yeah, I'm a, yeah mostly 90% is, is Bengals. It's a Bengals-centric podcast. But I do say it's Cincinnati sports. I try to... Uh, cover some other things but i love my bengals and i'm glad you guys like listening to what i have to say and different uh people that i have on here so i think that's it for today's show again go follow the full 10 yards college uh podcast go follow the full 10 yards like i said they're they, they cover they, they do a really good job of covering the nfl and i think it's interesting because they have to watch it you know late at night <laughs> you know i think they said the games are like six and they're done by like nine. They can't watch Thursday. Well, they could watch Thursday or Monday nights, but they'd be up till like two or three in the morning. But these guys cover it. They do a very good job. Go check them out. Full 10 yards podcast. You know, Kieran. Now you know Lee. I had Sean on here. Maybe get some more guys to sound like they're from Boston on the show. But other than that, as my boy, Jeremy D likes to remind everybody, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. And that's coming from a guy who lives down in Alabama. Go figure. <laughs> and other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!
Cincinnati, we gon' rise and up. In the jungle, we unite and up. Trippin' orange and black and white. Now who got a move like it on? Now who 